The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of myself and my guests and do not reflect those of the Walt Disney Company or anyone else's employers. Brighton! <laughs> A place where dreams are born and turnips are grown. We may be a small town, but we've got an enlarged heart. And I'm proud to call this my forever home. My dream is to unhappify Brighton, and then to get the word unhappify in the dictionary. So choose me, Molly McGee, as Brighton's mayor for a day! Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows. I'm your host, Chandler Darochet. Joining me on the podcast today via Discord, we have D Gill. Hey, hey, hey. Brendan. Hello there. And Micah Hirsch. No, what? Lady, you can't do this to me. Lady, please put your clothes back on. Hi, Larry. I'm here. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I have to kill you both with this machine gun. <laughs> Oh, you got me! I feel, I feel so very weird. <laughs> that is an excerpt from acclaimed filmmaker Micah Hirsch. Yes. You know the haunted mansion movie be looking a little different. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jarrett Leto's not as bad as I was expecting. You we're, know, we're recording this the day before that that teaser is dropped, so I have no idea what we're actually going to see in that teaser. Apparently, apparently, Jared Leto's like not even in the movie. He he was just like the body for the Hatbox Ghost. They like CGI'd over him, and the only time oh, okay, we're going to see Jared Leto, the only time we're going to see Jared Leto is in like an oil painting. And I'm like, oh, so like the original Haunted Mansion <sighs> movie? Oh no, well, they're I, literally I just remaking. You know, I really loved the part where he said it's hatboxing time and he hatboxed all over the place. <laughs> you know, I hear that Jarrett Leto actually went super method for this role and he had the actress who plays Constance actually cut his head off. Yay! So you now he's dead. Like, you mean Winona Ryder? Is Winona mm. Ryder playing Constance? Is that who Apparently, yeah. Holy shit. Okay, Ooh. I'm... I'm excited for that. If Winona Ryder gets to kill Jarrett Leto, then we're all good. Editor Chandler here. This, of course, was recorded before the trailer actually dropped. And yeah, it looks great. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't wait till the scene where Portal starts playing and Eddie Murphy walks out and says, No! (laughs) No! Never! Never! So people are like, why are they remaking the Eddie Murphy movie? I'm like, they're not remaking the Eddie Murphy movie! Thank God. This one, from the poster, it seems like they're acknowledging the endless hallway to be a physical endless hallway. Yeah, okay. I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic and excited. Um, Why didn't the, Owen Wilson is in this, why didn't they cast him as a hatbox ghost? He's experienced getting decapitated in haunted houses. That's true. Really creepy. Um, but, but why would we be talking about ghosts on this podcast? Oh, I know. It's because we are here once again to talk about the ghosts and Molly McGee, the last batch of episodes we have to talk about. Well, actually, um, if you didn't realize this, because maybe you missed the last episode where I plugged it, we are only covering episodes 16 through 19, and that is because... I have other plans with 
the season finale. So that will be its own episode. Stay tuned. Uh, I have some very exciting things going on with that. You know, you know, when I started watching this and I heard uh, what's his voice's voice, I was like, oh, so this is just the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but it is it is fun that Pat Oswald is in this show. Boba Fett's gloved hand climbs out of the sand. There's, yeah, there's, actually, a, there's actually a lot of celebrity voice cameos in this yeah, show. Yeah, there are. This is going to sound like a bit of a tangent, but I swear it isn't. They announced that the Double Down Sandwich is coming back um, on Twitter. But what would that have to do with anything? It's something Scratchwoody. It it totally is is something Scratchwoody. Oh my god. Scratchwoody like, Molly, we have to go to KFC to get the double down. She's like, that is disgusting, but I'm kind of intrigued. But I'm sure it would kill me, so. And I'd become Scratch. No, it's perfect. It's it's because I'm dead. It won't hurt me when I eat it. You know I don't need to worry about my cholesterol because I'm dead. The the Kim the Kim Possible live live action remake keeps coming back to haunt me because his assistant is voiced by uh what's his face who played uh the Kim Possible's uh friend. And you know who else was in that movie? Oh, that that's that's the that's the guy who played Ron. So, Mr. Scratch, <laughs> what would you say is your most effective scaring technique? Scratch, I'm going to stop you right there. You are nowhere near scare ready. And from now on, I'll only use my slime for the good of humanity. Maybe the occasional kids award show. Yes, that is the guy who played Ron. And, 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 and I think that, modern fans? In that live-action Kim Possible movie? Patton Oswalt. Yeah, oh, It's really, playing, it's really... Playing the same role he played in the original. But, uh, Deagle, continue with your, your thing about the double down. Anyway, so this gets to my attention uh, via Twitter, via Chandler's Twitter. He quote tweets the announcement uh, t- uh, tagging someone else in it. I was tagging my sister because we had literally been talking about it like like, like a couple days ago. We were talking about it because we were at Bush Gardens. And when they had the Double Down originally, uh, we, we went across the street to KFC to have lunch and she got the Double Down. Um, and then I, uh, that is the only time I've ever like actually thrown up after getting off of a roller coaster. Because I went on the original Guazi after eating at KFC for lunch and it did not end well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> because I was stupid. I wasn't even I wasn't even in my 20s yet. I was stupid. Okay. That 11 herbs and spices. Stupid, are... stupid, stupid. I hop on Twitter and I think it'd be funny. Oh, what if I quote a little bit of Patton Oswalt's uh, bit about the double down? Because he famously has uh, beef with KFC about their famous bowls. And he did a sequel bit to that about the double down. And so I responded in all caps, PROVE IT BY BURNING YOURSELF! I saw that, I saw that on my timeline, and I was so confused what you meant. And apparently so was Twitter, because I immediately got suspended for half a day. Because Twitter (laughs) doesn't understand what, like, context is. It's a robot. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, imagine my surprise when I tuck into this episode today, and I discover that the mayor is voiced by Pat Oswalt. Just kind of a you. He showed up a little bit before this, but um, this is probably the episode where he does the most. 
He was also in the, the Turn Up Twist episode a fair bit. So the episode starts with a commercial that Molly has put together of her doing various good deeds as a way for her to win the Mirror for a Day competition that is happening. Um, one thing that I, I, I noticed with this, I'm like, wait a minute, Molly's like 13. She is not old enough to be donating that much blood at a given time. I don't think she's supposed to be donating mm -hmm. blood at all until she's like 16. It's a cartoon. Yeah. Gotta get some like, of those sweet, she's... sweet stem cells. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but she ends up winning and she's uh like she ends up winning the contest and she gets sworn in. Um little does she know that Mira Brunson is planning on like actually bailing and leaving the town up to her. Like actually having her become the mayor. And this episode is a really fun uh, Molly and Daryl episode. Obviously, basically, this whole episode, I, I, I really like how Daryl and Scratch kind of share a brain cell for the entire episode. <laughs> Although, Daryl's also got this thing where he like is just compulsively stealing the office supplies and nobody knows why he's doing it. He just is. He, that, that hot rod stapler. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. And Daryl, of course, is voiced by Michaela Dietz. I love, I love the little background gags in this show. Like they'll animate stuff in the background that, like your third or fourth viewing, you're like, wait, oh, that's cool. So basically, um, Mo Molly's kind of like, you know, freaking out when Mayor Brunson reveals that he's gonna leave the whole town up to her, and he leaves, and then Daryl's like, hold on, you want to happify the town? Wouldn't it be easier if you were in charge? And she's like. But I don't know how to run a whole town unless I put on the blazer. The ultimate symbol of knowing important grown-up stuff. Scalable solutions, bricks to clicks, a sustainable economy of public-private synergy. Do you know what that means? Nobody does. <laughs> the ghost and sailor Molly. What Brighton needs is something bold, hey, something fun, sorry. something in happifying. Exactly. What would make Brighton happy? Give me pitches, people. Hey, hey, giant slippy slide. We'll do both at the same time. To oh. One catch. I hate maple syrup in both texture and taste. Do we need it? Polling numbers say yes. What are we gonna slippy slide on? And this kind of turns into an episode of Phineas and Ferb for a second. It really does. It does. Mm -hmm. It totally does. It's like there's the helicopter and they're dropping the maple syrup on the on the slide. You know, I don't know what I was worried about. Passion really was all I needed to be mayor. Listen to the satisfying sound of unhappification. Wait, is that cheering or screaming? My unhappification has been ruined. Tony Bateki, KWP. Turns out a child mayor was not a great idea. This maple syrup slide has attracted a swarm of hungry horseflies! Up next, can one woman outrun a swarm of horseflies? Uh, no! The answer is no! Yeah, so horseflies ravage the town, picking up the poor reporter and flying her all over the place. And throughout the episode, yes. you just see her still in the air, and I'm like, she's dead. Like, if they, if they leave, she's dead. Huh, yeah. Just cut to the season finale of her up there. Actually, I like this now. Burn the town, blame the previous administration. Daryl, you're winning me back over. I think he's on to something here. Let's hear him out. 
could have snuck out Yoho since, you know, they were burning the town down. No, but Mo- Molly McGee did a crossover with the other New Orleans Square attraction, so. Yes, and it kind of gets referenced later, but we're not to that episode yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and they go to try to find Mayor Brenson, and they ultimately find him as a cotton candy vendor who has no idea how to make cotton candy. And the like cotton candy explodes. He's I'm like, thinking- Hey, you know, I, I have a lot of passion but no knowledge about making cotton candy. That's all you need. And then the cotton candy machine explodes. A lot like, of things okay. explode in this show. Yeah, yeah it happens a lot. Um, he's like, okay, maybe you do need more than passion, but it shouldn't be me. I, I don't want to be mayor anymore. And no one in this world can convince me otherwise. And Mo- Molly at the beginning of the episode says that she can feel the crushing weight of responsibility. And he's like, yeah, all the, all the past generations of Brensons are watching down, down on on me. You mean a bunch you of know. guys are up there watching us? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and she sees their ghosts later. So obviously she has the idea to be like, well, hey, I'll, ha- I'll I'll summon the ghosts of the past mayor's Brunson. And so, of course, that's a whole musical number. I do love the music in this show. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Are all the musical numbers, like, parodies? Dial Not parody? all of them, but a lot of them are. Like, I half expected Weird Al to be one of the ghosts. Yeah, I, we should I, be so lucky. I, I keep saying it. Weird Al needs to be on this show at some point. Milo Murphy crossover. It's all I'm saying. We could have two optimistic leads. Come on. I mean, every time that would require Disney to actually care about Milo Murphy. I mean, every time yeah. Weird Al is in something, he makes it better. So even Batman versus Robin, where he was stuck uh, being hunted by worst Robin, Damian Wayne. I love the episode of this is slightly related of back at the barnyard where shows up not not voicing a character <laughs> just as weird Al. hey it's weird Al! wow well weird Al basically plays himself in that one episode of hamster and gretel and scooby-doo and guess who he played himself oh yeah he plays himself a lot well let's be honest if given the choice between creating a whole new character out of whole cloth and just having weird al into your tv show which would you pick weird just al. have weird al show up have yes there you go this segment brought to you by imdb what you do instead of things there's I that mean, one owl in and Al- alice in wonderland that's the accordion i'm like hey it's weird owl yankovic yeah weird owl weird I mean, owl if- yankovic if any show Weird Al would show up in, it would have been the Owl House. The Owl House. <laughs> I want to mention the Goldfish, which showed up in the the Turnip Twist episode. Yeah, the Goldfish has a little briefcase. <laughs> yes, and uh, I don't want to spoil what what happens, but uh, poor 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 Assistant Mayor Goldie. It's a little too soon since my Pinocchio remake live tweet before I start trusting Goldfish again. <laughs> oh, did, 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 the, did the sexy goldfish bother you? <laughs> <laughs> see you in hell, disturbingly flirty angelfish! And see you in hell is right, because that's where I'm going when the little mermaid comes out. <laughs> hey. Crab experiments! Crab experiments! Where's Dr. Vile when you really keep, need him? Keep it down, we're gonna summon Agatha Vile. Not yet. Not yet, I mean... Mm-hmm. Why do Not I yet. Hear, why do I hear a chainsaw? Oh. Eh, probably nothing. No, anyway. 
She's not she's not here yet. She'll be here soon. Don't worry. Um the the next episode is the internship, and you know this is gonna be a good one because on the title card, Molly looks grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> I love the little title cards and how they're like references to like the all of the like cartoons. And they're like TV yeah. Yes, they're yeah, the character designs feel right uh, at home in the Chibi-verse shorts. Yes, the Chibi-verse shorts that are awesome, by the way. I got a bone to pick with Mrs. Roop in this episode. Um, so, and, and she's their history slash, I guess, just social studies teacher. Um, and it's internship week. They get internships drawn out of a hat for each of them to do. And, of course, Molly's super excited for this because she thinks everything's going to be great. She's going to be an awesome intern, and... What kind of weirdo gets excited about work? Internship week, yes! All right. Get hired full-time, then be employee of the year, then the decade, then win a lifetime achievement award, and then happy vacation. Oh, Molly, don't you know, to become employee of the century, you have to save the entire world from a megalomaniacal purple alien. That's what you gotta do. But I love, I love the another casual mention of a of a uh, LGBTQ character in a Disney show where they're just like, she's just like, that's why I married her, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that that's that's cute. I like that. Uh, hmm. I'm I'm just frustrated with how she handled this whole assignment because yeah, poor Molly, she's just trying her best this whole time. Um. But Weird Larry is the kind of guy that I would hang out with because he seems like a cool guy. Like I'm He he does seem like a cool guy, but Molly gets paired with Weird Larry, of course. And she's like, well, I'm all about unhappification and the pawn shop is where happy memories go to die. Oh, I'm Rick Harrison. Rick that Harrison meme is still a thing. Yeah. I think <laughs> <laughs> Is that meme still alive? Is How Rick are you Harrison? still alive? Oh, Rick hitting in the shadows. You fool, Chandler. Don't you realize this is the podcast where memes go to die? Meanwhile, Scratch has hired an intern. Uh, and basically, he makes um, his intern, which is... Um, the intern's name is Reggie. He makes him do all sorts of... All sorts of just, like, very remedial tasks. Like, he has Reggie clean up the skunk stench that's in the air because of all the skunks in front of Larry's shop. Even though... In the previous episode where Molly had to chase down his skunk, he only had the one, but now he has multiple skunks. Well, I guess it fits the bill. Well, skunks are like cockroaches. If you see one, there's like two or three in the walls. So uh, Molly works at the, uh, the pawn shop, and she and, finds and she hates it because, you know, she yeah. hates it horrible because and boring. boring. Yeah, without Don't... Chum Lee or the old man around, it's hard to get it interesting in, in the pawn shop. And a stunning lack of Warwick Davis leprechauns. <laughs> Remember that time that they, they had uh, they had an extended Pawn Stars cameo on iCarly? No. They did? Me neither. Yes, they did. I don't have a whole lot to say about this one other than my, my rant about Mrs. Roop. Okay, so Molly goes to Mrs. Roop and says that this isn't working and that she needs to be reassigned to something else. Excuse me, Ms. Roop? What's that smell? It's like blue cheese mixed with gasoline. Uh, listen, I'm an unhappifier and the pawn shop is, well, it's where Joy goes to die, so let's just reassign me and we'll call it a day, okay? No, of course not, but I'm sure you can find a silver lining in this dark cloud. You're good at that. And she's just like, oh, you all, you make it, you know, you'll make it work. You'll figure it out. And, and then at the end of the episode, 
She gives Molly a C minus after Molly has finally gotten something of value out of this experience. I'm like, what the hell? She came to you asking for help. You said, no, I can't help you. You're stuck with what you have. And and then you're just going to give her a C minus? And then, and then Reggie becomes... That's so rude. And then, Re yeah. and then Reggie becomes Scratch's boss. Yeah, Reggie becomes Scratch's boss because uh, all the stuff that Scratch does, like making him get coffee and then yelling at him about the about getting the order wrong and um basically just being a terrible boss reggie's like well it taught me how to be scary because there's like a review with the ghost council and um reggie's like scratch didn't teach me anything he taught me everything or something like that like he's like scratch is about to get sent to the floor and it's like no scratch taught me everything Imagine if he did, he waited too long and Scratch got sent to the. <laughs> He's just like, oh well then. then. Then the finale would happen early. Yes. End of the show and Molly McGee. <laughs> Molly McGee. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a little bit foreshadowing. Um... <laughs> no ghost in Molly McGee. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a real shame that we didn't do, and I haven't really watched this, but I know it exists, the GOAT episode, because then we could say, it's the GOAT and Molly McGee. Mm. Ah. Yeah, that we covered that one earlier, didn't we? I don't know. I I don't think I covered any of them on this podcast. I think someone else, other... They get, they get, they get yeah, them. yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was episode 1C, so that was the last one we did on, on Molly McGee. Um... Did anyone say the goat and Molly McGee? No. Oh, that's disappointing. You're the Alas. goat, G-O-A-T, the greatest of all, T-I-M-E. <laughs> Your goat, literally. Um, so the next episode is The Lucky Penny. This one's a fun one because this is <clears throat> yeah. centered around the, 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 the good luck and bad luck that happens on Friday the 13th. Molly's super excited for it to be Friday. It's F-R-I-Day. It's the best day of the week, except for every other day. Friday is the peak. Livy <laughs> explains that it's Friday the 13th, and as a result, her luck is going to be extra bad today. And basically, Scratch lays down the ground rules that good luck and bad luck are, are on two sides of the same coin, so to speak. Normally, good and bad luck coexist in harmony. Two sides of a perfectly balanced scale. But on Friday the 13th, everything is amplified. People with bad luck, like our friend Libster here, are extra unlucky. Take my dollar twenty-five and my dignity. Meanwhile, people with good luck are extra lucky. Whoa! Two bags of chips. Oh, lucky you. Like, Molly, one of those was Libby's. Give, give your friend her chips. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. But then Molly has the idea to have Scratch transfer her luck to Libby and bribes him with chips, which of course works. Not gonna lie, if I was able to mess with the powers of universe, uh, with the powers and laws of the universe, yeah, I'd totally do it for a sack of jalapeno Cheetos. Yeah, those jalapeno crunchy chips sound like they'd be pretty good. Like the 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 flaming hot nacho cheese Doritos. Mm. Now, some would consider a lucky penny cliche, but I like to think of it as tastefully classic. 
Now give me some room. Yeah, yeah, ha. A ghostly ghoul gifted great guavas to a gander of ghastly geese. I hereby tip the scales of fortune. He's so dramatic when he curses. I know, isn't it cute? Is, Just glad is that means something entirely different in a whole different context. Yeah, yeah I'm glad it wasn't scratching. God damn it. And her saying, isn't it cute when he curses? Wait! Oh my god! You know what somebody needs to do? What? Edit that clip in with some clips from Aqua Teen Hunger Force where Master Shake curses. <laughs> yeah. And It didn't hit me in the face, and I didn't accidentally swallow it. My luck's already turned around. And um, so then we get a fun montage where we see their luck flipped, where Molly has bad luck and Libby has great luck for the day. And that all continues until um, Libby accidentally loses well, the penny, and it lands in Andrea's yeah, bag. Molly trips and bumps into Libby, and she drops the penny, I think is what happens. Yeah. yeah. And then the rich, annoying, stuck-up rich girl. I forget her name. Andrea, Andrea. Davenport! Is she... Andrea. You related to her from uh, Labrex? No. That was just... <laughs> it's just a coincidence. And there's lots of bags. Yeah, the, the bags are like yeah. the, the, the birds from... Well, the, the birds. birds. Like, they literally mimic a shot. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, there's a random birds reference. <laughs> not the bags! Not the bags! And Molly and Scratch are trying to get the, the penny back from Andrea. But, like, Andrea... Andrea's basically... Andrea's already lucky because she's rich and privileged. And so the penny basically makes her, her luck reach critical mass. So that yes. the luck is protecting her and it's also making everyone else's luck worse. It's creating a black hole, basically. A luck hole, if you will. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of Agatha Vile, from, like, we referenced Agatha Vile earlier... This episode is sort of a remake of The Luck of the Irish, kind of. Not entirely, oh, no. but a little bit. Um, and Molly is half Irish. It's never mentioned in this episode, but like that could be part of why she's considered naturally lucky. She's half Irish. No, yeah, that's oh. true. Although, actually, I I was reminded of this one Lindsay Lohan movie. Yeah, Just My Luck. Where... Just My Luck. Thank you, Micah. Yeah, that's, that's what came into my head. It's... Just like seeing all these over-the-top cartoony displays of bad luck, I'm just like, wow! It's like if just my luck didn't have to suck. That right. Uh, <laughs> the luck suck. I do think uh, the luck is one of those. Uh, it's like the exact same thing, like a manhole. I think both that movie and this have like a manhole that becomes a fountain, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Like, he doesn't get hit by the manhole cover, which would have killed him. But he gets soaked by water. Huh. Well, if... But if you... Oh, once you're dead, unless you become a ghost like Scratch, uh, what's the point in the, the, the luck has no purpose anymore because you're dead? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you can still be lucky or unlucky in the ghost world, probably. Um, but so there's a couple attempts to get the penny back. Um, so then yep. Andrea comes home. Her, her her parents are like, hey, they were offloading an extra pony. And we thought, wouldn't that be a fun just because surprise? And Andrea's like, I'm so lucky. And Scratch goes and try, goes to try to get the, the penny and gets kicked by the pony. Yeah, where, shouldn't the pony, like, go right through him? <laughs> no, the, I think the rules are different with uh, with animals. They try to get it while Andrea's, like, in the park, and she's like, oh, I've had a great day, but what am I, I going to do tonight? Oh, backstage passes to see Atomic Pink? Who wants to come with? And she gets just swarmed by a bunch of other kids. Where did those, mm-hmm. Were those kids just standing to the side? Like, yes. Or did they, or did they just stand? They spawned. They spawned there. Oh, totally spawned. They got airdropped in. It's Fortnite. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and then... Um, and then they realize that the key to all of this is using Libby's bad luck to counteract Andrea's good luck, and Scott's just like, I wish we had figured this out before we got kicked by that stupid pony. I feel like that that plot, that premise of that, uh, or Chekhov's gun type thing has been done in something else too, but I don't remember what. I mean, it's a fairly common setup and payoff kind of thing, where it's like, oh yeah, so that's how we do this. Yeah, pretty much. Or Libby just Check covered his gun plastic is a bags. handy little tool in every writer's arsenal. Oh yes, poor Libby just covered in plastic bags. And can I have I... one second to feel heroic? And then Andrea goes into like a store, and they tell her she's their millionth customer or something. They're yeah. uh, they're one thousand customer. customer. Yeah, that's right. Please treat this accolade with the honor it deserves. And then basically, um, basically there's like a, it, it basically starts, there basically ends up being like a hurricane inside the store that Andrea is completely oblivious to because again, her luck is protecting her. But Libby pretends to be collecting money for a charity. <laughs> uh, hi, uh, Andrea. So, um, I'm collecting change. For uh, a good cause? What's the cause? Uh, children? With some too many toys? Ugh, I know the feeling. Really? Yeah, it's like, where do you put them all? You only have so many guest rooms, right? Yeah, you only have so many guest rooms, apparently. Uh, the alternate title for this uh, episode is called Eat the Lucky. <laughs> yeah, you know. And it also starts I raining love... cold cuts. Mm. <laughs> it For also some starts reason. raining cold cuts. <laughs> For some reason, you know. Andrea, As it does. Because the, del- the deli slicer malfunction. That's like, why. Andrea gives her the penny, but like sprinklers go off or something. Something causes the... Yeah, basically, again, it's like literally start. It starts like a hurricane inside, practically. Oh, this is Twister Ride It Out then. Yes. Um, no, it's just Florida, the, the convenience store. There's also twisters of bags outside of the store as well. So everything, all, all hell is breaking loose until um, Libby gets the penny back and luck is restored. Anyway, I'm feeling extra generous today because more good things than usual keep happening to me. Sadly, 
I don't carry cash. I'm strictly digital. Oh, but hang on. I have this tiny brown quarter. Maybe Canadian. Would you want that? <gasps> yes, thank you. And Andrea was actually the 999th customer, but there's room for a thousand. <laughs> Any volunteers? Wait, wouldn't that make Libby or Molly the 1,000th customer? Yeah. 1,000th customer? Yeah, probably Molly. Probably Molly. <laughs> Molly, also, also, the, uh, also, the running gag with Scratch and the Chips is that, like, Basically, the chips make him actually, like, burp and breathe fire. Yeah, he blows up, too. And the, at the end of the episode, everyone explodes. Hmm. Not, like, actually, but, yeah, like, you know. everywhere. No, not like that, but, like, you know, very, very cartoonish. But, like, he, uh, he whatchamacallit it. He transfers the luck back to uh, Molly. Um, Lock, Stock, and Peril. I love this episode. It's it's so funny. Speaking um, of Christmas, this episode, this the title is very similar to characters. Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Yeah. This episode is this the the ADHD episode, or is that the segment after this one? This is the Molly and Scratch ADHD slash probably autism yeah, adventure. Um, yes. Yeah, the Burgers episode very similar to this. Yeah, there's definitely. I, I I'm not surprised to hear that. I don't think I've seen that episode, but I'm not surprised to hear that because basically, it it, it definitely does sound like a Bob's Burgers episode where um the rest of the family gets locked in the basement after they're trying to reset the fuses, and they send Molly and Scratch to yeah. go try to um get help to unlock the door, and they keep getting distracted by all this random shit. Mm. <laughs> they're they're like, ooh, shiny thing. <laughs> it's like it's like what oh what like this what? is this is such a great um it's such a great um example of how far Molly and Scratch's friendship has come because of course before you know you know because of course at the beginning of the show uh Scratch was you know like oh we're 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 just cursed together we're not friends and and you get to this episode it's like Molly I need this this bath bomb I need this strawberry bath bomb my dollhouse we gotta get it also am i crazy or they share the same brain cell and it's so cute i love them am i am i crazy reason did they change the the animation in the intro no i don't think so i it, mean it, it, you are crazy but for different reasons i mean like the intro seems different than the first episodes I'd have to go back and look at that. I'm not sure. I know season two is going to have a slightly different intro um, featuring Libby and Jeff in the group hug, and I think that's about it. Also, we did get episode names today as we're recording this for yeah. um, for yeah. season two, so that's exciting. I don't know. I'm a little uh, worried about the uh, uh, the first episode going up on April Fool's Day, so I'm just like, Please don't be a joke, please. No, it's not a joke. It's actually going to be it's like when I have my Star Trek review come out on April Fool's Day. Uh, a yeah. whole, an whole extra episode of Owl House. 
<laughs> now wouldn't wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> uh, the episode that immediately caught my eye was "It's Always Sunny in Sunnyland." I'm like, okay, so obviously that's a, the the title is a reference to "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," but also like Sunnyland. I'm like, that's got to be an amusement park. Yeah, Snow Potato Land. That's got to be an amusement park. So I'm like that. That that's one thing I was wanting to see was an amusement park. Like I was wanting to see an amusement park episode, so that'll be fun. Maybe they haven't done it. Yet. I know this is gonna be. And then there's also what seems to be a school dance episode, so that'll be fun. So going back to the episode, yeah. So let's see the list of things that they get distracted by. So obviously they're getting it before. Um, before they actually get the door locked, it's ice cream, and Molly literally snips, slips on a banana peel. Yeah. Which is All right, like, who's playing oh, Mario man, Kart? <laughs> and then... So they get locked. I always thought the banana peel gag was kind of tired, but seeing it in real life, wow. They get locked. <laughs> uh, the rest of the family gets locked in the basement. And they send Molly out. To, and But they say... That, that she will get too easily distracted, and Scratch says he'll take care of keeping an eye on her, and they say he'll get too easily distracted, too. Uh, You're just as bad yeah. as she is! <laughs> yeah. He's like he would come back with 13 cats. Yeah. Although, them being trapped in the basement and forming their own like little sects of society... That was hands down my favorite part of the episode. Yes! Oh my god, I love that part of the episode. Yeah, I'm in uh, Coke 2, I think. Yeah, when they're locked downstairs in the basement, Pete, Sharon, and Daryl form the, these pseudo-post-apocalyptic societies. Um, like, like Daryl has all the candy... Um, Sharon is the water warden, and Pete is Flashlight Nation, or something like that. Uh, in my in my head, I started doing the Waterworld yeah. intro. <laughs> the future, <laughs> the polar ice caps have melted. The last remaining humans survive to look for dry land. Oh. For some reason, we base this flop of a movie around. We put a stunt show in our theme park that's better than the actual movie. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, well, the movie flopped, but the sun show is actually really good. I can't wait to see it. Just a pro tip, don't go out when it's cold, because um, they don't heat the water. I found out that We'll, the, we'll that's sit away from thing. the splash zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Deagle and, I are going to, Deagle and I are going to Universal Hollywood, baby! I'm hoping maybe a couple weeks, like a little uh, less than two weeks from when this episode is going to drop, we're going to Universal yeah. Hollywood. On... You get to ride. You get to ride the worst version of Revenge of the Mummy, and we get to ride Mario Kart. Test track, test track. But if it was, you know, well, no, not test track. Really, that actually goes pretty slow. Yeah, it's Men in Black, but augmented reality crossed with like. Um, kind of crossed with Spider-Man a little bit. Speaking kind of. Men in Black. Speaking Black, apparently the same company that manufactured the ride vehicles for Mario Kart, rebuilding those for Men in Black so it can last longer. <sighs> oh, that's cool. What, what episode are we on again? <laughs> Lock, stock, and peril. 
And yeah. Eventually... It's the one after this. We're, that, we're intentionally yeah. getting distracted because we're talking about this episode. Yeah. Yeah, this is totally on purpose. And there's... There's this whole thing happening downtown where there's like a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just this, this horse with a paper horn taped to its head. Uh, but um well, because basically Molly's like, well, we can yeah. we can ask Weird Larry. Weird Larry can unlock anything. And it's like, oh, well, we just missed him. Okay, well, Weird Larry obviously went to go see the unicorn. That does sound like Weird Larry. Hmm. Yeah. Um and I had an interesting thought while um, I had an interesting thought while watching this episode because um, Molly very obviously still believes in that unicorn until it is proven to her that it is fake. Do we think she still believes in Santa Claus? What do you mean? Maybe. <laughs> Surprised it didn't just... come up in the episode where Scratch saved Christmas. I think she was just I saying think, that. I think they intentionally danced around that for that specific reason, but I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if ghosts exist, why not Santa Claus? That's true. If ghosts exist, that means demons and monsters not exist. but maybe. So that means the Krampus definitely exists. That means Yay! Mothman exists. That means Mothman and his, and his gay little moth self can exist, too. The Mothman owes me money! Mothman owes me money. Um, <laughs> Where's my money, Dracula? Where's my money? <laughs> oh, there is something in this episode I wanted to bring up now that I remember it. Uh, so, Scratch can just, like, possess people at random without them knowing it. Yeah. That bothers me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was also that was also a thing in the the Bandshell episode. Yeah, it just bothers me a little bit. Like not enough to take me out of the show, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Actually, going back to my thought about Molly with like Santa Claus and stuff, she hates magicians and it seems like it's because there was a magician that um that probably botched a trick or something and just like ruined that for her forever. And then there's a magician in the next episode one of the next episodes. Yeah, that she had that rant about magicians in a, in the in a previous episode. Hmm. And it was specifically in regards to um Irving. From Phineas and Irving. Irving. No, no, Irving the magician. Yeah. The scam artist. Yes. Sham. I don't like being bamboozled, Scratch, and I will not be hurt again. And then um, the next thing they get distracted by is a little Wilder Scout selling lemonade. And she's like squeezing it by hand. I feel like there's an artisan joke to be made in here somewhere. Yes. And and then. Hey, this is this is how insert uh, least favorite slow fast food restaurant here uh, operates. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well they yeah they have you see they they kill the cows or the chickens or whatever they they have the cows and the chickens in the back of the restaurant so they personally slaughter yeah, them right and then make them and then they have to skin them yes and, and that's how they make the that's how they make the the hamburgers but they also have to make the ice cream from scratch yeah. and that takes forever mm, uh, yeah no they don't make it from scratch it's not made out of a goat scratch <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a dead town like Brighton, th- this this uh, it's a Sunday, right? 
Yeah, yeah this su- this Sunday in Brighton is pretty happening. Yeah. There's there's lemonade, there's soft pretzels, there's a unicorn festival for some reason. You make you a know, day of it. You know, they gotta do something. They don't got a movie theater to my knowledge. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so Scratch possesses Weird Larry, always on a motorcycle. Also, we we have to talk about the centipedes. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, where do they come from? Why are they in <laughs> the Centipede, centipede world! <laughs> They're in the walls. They were, they were, that was referenced in a previous episode as well. Um, that was, uh... That was Mama's Got a Hustle, where Daryl and Peter in the basement. And there's a bunch of centipedes. Now, I don't remember exactly all the details. The name sounds familiar. I forget there's centipedes. The centipede world would be so cool. Uh, Daryl shoots at the wall, <laughs> shoots a arrow suction cup thingy at his mom, and it misses, but he was actually aiming for the wall, and he pulls a hole in the wall, and it explodes with centipedes. <laughs> um uh the basement is seem to be temporarily sucked up, but uh the centipedes will uh get to it. <laughs> and twist the centipedes are all voiced by Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all voiced by uh Pat Oswald. They're voiced by Pat and Dreyfus. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they, cha- they, 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 they end up, uh, finally getting to Weird Larry's house, and Weird Larry's taking a, a lovely Sunday joyride on his motorcycle. Yeah. As you should. And, and Scotch is like, well, I guess we can just give up, and she's like, no, we're not giving up, but I'm gonna need, I'm, need, I'm gonna need some, some ghostly assistance yeah. to, to catch Weird Larry. Yeah. And... Yeah. Grouch possesses Weird Larry and is thankfully still able to successfully pilot a motorcycle. And also, Molly had a helmet she pulled out of nowhere. It's just yeah, it was cartoon logic. Hammer space. And I love this. I love this song where they're going past all of the stuff and it's like absolute anguish to stay yeah. away from it. And then he shows up at the house, but he's all floppy, so Scratch unpossesses him, and he's very confused, and they have to convince him that he's there to help them with the door. Yep. And he just goes with it. You fell asleep on the way here. It's your kids. You gotta do something about your kids. It's your kids, Marty. (laughs) Something's gotta be done about your kids. So the last episode we watched. Or is this only the first part? I can't remember. Is this well oh no, that's the that's the second half of the second part of episode um, seventeen. So episode eighteen is my personal favorite out of the the four we watched. Yeah, this one's a really good one. This one kind of is the uh, the conclusion of the the arc that is the McGee's financial struggles over the course of the season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's actually one of the scant problems I have with this episode because it is a good episode before uh, before any of you decide to shoot me. It is a good episode. I just feel like it needed to be a little closer yeah. to the finale. I don't think we needed I think it, it should have swapped places reason. with the next episode. I think there's a good reason why it is where it is because <clears throat> that is kind of settled and then you can have the kind of the re- not necessarily resolution, but the uh, the um, all night plight specifically really um, really sort of cements that that friendship between Libby and Molly and Scratch. Oh yeah, you know, the three of them. Oh, mm, I guess. And and scaring is caring is in a good spot too because you know at the end of kind of going going out of order talking about this it, uh, of course. But at the end of Home is Where the Haunt is, um, it's revealed that, of course, the McGee's left the house, so the curse is is broken, but Scratch is still staying, and he yeah. cares so much about Molly, and that is the point of scaring his caring. And, uh... So I think, I, I think they're in a good spot. I see where you're coming from, uh, Deagle, but I... I, I I do disagree with you on that. I think I think the way that they're ordered and works then, perfectly. Get, uh, hey, I'm opinionated. I'm not unreasonable. In that episode. <laughs> so, out of house and home um, starts with them um, unpacking their last moving box. And while this is happening, Pete answers the door, and Irving, the magician, is also apparently a um, gutter cleaner. Yeah, you know, you gotta have the double job in this economy. Yeah, of mm. course. And um, Pete's like, no, nah, I'll do it myself, and he ends up hurting himself really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like... Like, comically, but also, mm-hmm. like, ow. Like, c- cartoon not bounce back. This dude is, like, taken out. Yeah, yep. he 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 is more or less out of commission for the entire episode. Like he is like barely able to do anything. But Scratch gets to be like a mom, and it's Scratch so is funny. Mom, and it's great. Because um, so basically, funny. Because you can tell this episode was written by actual parents because the dialogue oh, is so realistic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Even better, um, I kind of noticed... They get back home from the hospital, and they find out that the hospital bill is, like, absurd. Let's see how much this little trip cost us. $700 for an ambulance trip to Muline? It's only 30 miles away! And $60 for... Continued on page 16. Gosh! Gosh should be, like, 70 cents tops! How are we gonna pay for all this? Relax, honey. I have insurance. That should take care of most of it. This total is after insurance. Whoa. We can pay all that? So we ditch. I've got plenty of wigs and dossiers with fully fleshed out backstories. If anyone asks, we're the Templetons from Poughkeepsie. America. Which is, like, I wasn't expecting them to mention that. I was like, oh, they're just going to go to the hospital and not mention No, they make it a crucial plot point that medical bills are ridiculous. And I was like, oh my god, that's, really, that's actually really funny. I mean, they it's have not to raise funny the that money ha- to, uh, um, to pay off the bill. 
It's and, not funny that America's healthcare system, but it's it, it's funny to see it in a kids show. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing is is like all of that is so so real and so well handled, and I, I really love how they did that. The house and uh, Pete, well, the dad, well, uh, everyone else is making money to pay for the hospital bill. When they all pitch in, they'll stave off financial ruin. He's parting ways with his deadliest bouquet. Except for him, they all pitch in. Till they're back in the plastic and they all pitch in. Although I did find it odd that uh, Scratch was just so sort of, uh, all right, fine, uh, about taking care of the dad when that was kind of the other half of his responsibilities around the house. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Daryl sells, like, his plant, the carnivorous plants. Yeah, the carnivorous plants that he somehow he has. For some and, and Molly keeps confusing the salt with the sugar for her cupcakes, and they end up becoming projectiles. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Molly just does a whole bunch of things. Sharon, meanwhile, of course, is doing Gig Pig because obviously Brighton doesn't have enough uh, enough rideshare um, enough rideshare demand for her to actually do like Uber, so she instead has. Um, this app called Gig Pig, where she does a bunch of odd jobs. Yeah, which sounds like it's, fun. Yeah, it's essentially doing temp work, but like DoorDash. Yeah, and that is why I just stick to my one temp agency for the first order. Thank you very much. Thank you. She, I love the part where Scratch is just like, "You're home so late, young. Lady. Do you know what time it is, young lady?" And she's like, "Mom, I'm eating Scratch." And I was yeah. like, "Okay, that was funny." And they raise the money, or mostly the mom. And but then it turns out they completely forgot about paying the mortgage on the house. And you know, oh, that happens sometimes. Over. Like, you forget. <laughs> oh, well, show canceled. Clunk. Yeah, so basically in uh, the second half of the episode, they have to pack their stuff up and, uh, and move out of the house and live out of the van. Scratch tried to um, stay away. Yeah, Scratch it um what what that also kind of reminded me of was um did you guys ever watch the movie the willoughbys yeah yes where where they have to try to scare people away from the house and it doesn't work Mm -hmm. well it works until it doesn't kind of yeah actually yeah that would probably be the reference most people would get would be sort of like beetlejuice they like come in Actually, I was thinking of a different song for okay. this episode. Who lives in a moving van out in the woods? Molly Mac. At one point, Scratch references <laughs> the Haunted Mansion. Hey, it's called yeah. an homage. <laughs> it's not from the Haunted Mansion. It's from this French guy, Jean Cocteau, or something like that. I don't know. That's for saying Cocteau in front of my kids. But like they they also we gotta talk about Candace Green, the, the realtor. So yeah. She just shows up out of nowhere. The first name and of she's one just... Disney Channel character and the last name of another Disney Channel character and combine them into a character that has nothing to do with either. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Mom, I look forward to Milo foreclose the house. Man, Phineas and Ferb season five got depressing. 
God. Uh, I think the most entertaining and kind of relatable part of the episode was uh, Molly trying to keep up appearances uh, at school. Like, no, everything's totally fine. My my world's not uh, crumbling around me. It, it's, it's, it's fine. fine. Everything is fine. This is fine. I'm the dog with the fire. It's like, you know, when, when when you want to say something, but you can't, and it's like, oh my god, what am I going to do? I have no mouth, yet I must scream. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at one point, Andrea finds them in the woods. Yeah, because they're going to build a, a Davin Jorts factory out in the woods. Scratch begs the lady. So apparently the lady knows about Scratch and has communicated with him and tried to use him sell the house to the people who actually wanted the house. Yeah, there's like this really creepy family that, that makes the Adams family uh, look, look like the Brady family. <laughs> I mean, you know, they probably are like... Like... Maybe it was yeah. a reference to the Adams family. Yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Although they're uh, a kid who um, is not born yet, but still like imprints his face up against the mom's stomach. I was just like, Ugh. that's a little weird. What's his name again? <laughs> yeah, Octavius. That was scary. <gasps> Oct- and then Octavius. Spider-Man. Alfred Molina. No. I was just about to make that reference. <laughs> Spider-Man! Spider-Man! Help me! I'm trapped in this womb! <laughs> oh, also I have to mention... Hey Molly, let's go to your house and record our first click clock dance video! Oh, oh, cow Disney, oh. Well, do you think they'll cut that joke out? Like, if TikTok gets banned? Nah, they'll just cover it up with fake CG hair. That'll solve everything. <laughs> I hope... <laughs> really bad CG hair. Also, I I love <laughs> Libby's mom. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all the parents, all the parents in this are like flushed out. They're, they're not just they're like all fun wall, characters. Wall. They're all fun characters. You would Disney's, actually like what 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 to what to spend time around. Disney's been oh. really good at parental characters recently, like with Amphibia and Owl House, oh. and yeah, we have to talk yeah. about Geode Club. Geode Club. So if I were a member of the Geode Club, would that make me a Geode dude? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, but there's no Sorry, uh, Micah, you were saying? Club, unfortunately. Club, club. Ah. Best club, cheese club, LARP, and kung fu. Club. Now, see, your club club, would that be like a yeah. way to make heavy wooden weapons? Or would it be Which a way to make tasty sandwiches? Both. Yes. <laughs> You make the weapons out of tasty sandwiches. Oh, so it's just uh, Jimmy John's then? <laughs> oh, no, it's Subway. Eventually, Scratch begs the lady, and she says, well, they can come have one final look at the house before they leave. So they do that, and then... Uh, Typical, probably just going to the bathroom for the 80th time. And then the ending of Encanto happens. Yeah, Not just the whole... ending of Encanto, but also kind of Avengers Endgame with everybody coming in. 
Yeah, the whole yeah. town comes together yeah. to help them out. They've been so helpful to the town. And it was all started, apparently, yeah. by Andrea. Like I say, Pacifica Northwest mixed with Mark Beaks. I'm really interested to see where they continue to go with Andrea's character development in the next season. Yeah. I, I, we're definitely getting at least one episode based around her. Probably probably a little more than just one, but one um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm really interested to see how Libby kind of reacts to possibly Molly and Andrea becoming closer friends, because I know L- Libby probably still has some hang-ups about that since... Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, Andrea was kind of a kind of horrible to her for a while. No, episode nineteen is scaring is caring. That's the one where Scratch gets the the ghost sickness. Yeah, and is like yeah. super cute for the whole episode, which is really funny. Oh is... man, I've been chibified. I'm in the wrongest. I'm in the wrong series. I'm in the wrong series. I need to go to Chibi Verse. I I freaking love how because basically the the episode starts with. Scratch freaking out because he's procrastinated and his scare report is due that day. And he tries mm-hmm. to go out and scare Pete, and then he he possesses one of the flowers, but then instead of scaring Pete, he's like, I love you! And it's, he's like, what just happened? Why am I, I adorable? Pete, Pete thinks it's the flower. My, my flower children said their first words! Pete has come <laughs> a long way from uh, being like, well, I don't believe. I don't think Centipede World is real. Remember when you thought yeah, ghosts weren't real? Kind of makes me yeah. think of that Goosebumps episode. All the flowers start talking. I don't know. I don't remember the name of it. I think that name of that episode was "Don't Go in the Basement." Oh, stay out of the basement. We shall sing well, "Golden Afternoon." Out the basement. Stay mm-hmm. out of the basement or something. Yeah, oh, that's my yeah. favorite episode of Goosebumps. Yeah, stay out of the basement. Is like they could have done a stay out of the basement parody because of his yeah. plants. So if they had put mm-hmm. his plants in the basement, then they yeah, could have done a stay out of the basement here. tribute. Well, but he's not a mad scientist. He could be. Yep. Um, Pete? I don't think Pete has the attention span Pete, for that. <clears> True that. Plants. Pete has a yeah, Daryl's the one that has the carnivorous plants. And then. This has been another installment uh, of the podcast without a clear attention span. Scratch. <laughs> Sorry. Scratch wants to make an appointment with the ghost doctor, but they can't get him right away. Yeah, hi. I'd like to make an appointment with the doc. I'm kind of... You are number 957 on the wait list. You'll be buzzed when the doctor is ready to see you. Bye-bye. Okay, zero stars for customer service. How am I supposed to get my scares done in time? Mm, I can do your scares for you. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> ah, hilarious. Have you gotten funnier since we started hanging out? I'm rubbing off on you, I think. Because that was... that. Oh, you're serious. Molly, okay, don't get me wrong. You're plenty scary, just in a more uh, unintentional way. Like, I insist on kissing each of your stuffed animals goodbye even when you're running late. <gasps> How dare you? Smooch time is a time we make, not a time we take. You're you're unintentionally scary, and she's like, he's like, you've got no spice. She's like, I have so much spice, and she does this this goofy little uh, uh, popsicle stick play she puts on with this little chili pepper with 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 googly eyes. It's yeah. so silly. I love Molly <laughs> so much. Being scary just isn't in your nature. You're all sugar, no spice. What? I have so much spice, chili peppers tremble in my presence. They're all, oh no, 
It's Molly McGee. Her extreme level of spice makes me self-conscious about my own spiciness. Uh-uh. Not convinced. And, and Scratch just rolls with it. He's literally holding a flashlight to be a spotlight. Like, if that doesn't sum up their dynamic, I don't know what does. Oh, I'll show you, Scratch. I'll show you! You're gonna come back and kiss the stuffed animals goodbye now, aren't you? 30 seconds tops, I promise. Mm-hmm. Doing a WR speech impediment. The, uh, the Elmer Fudd, basically, speech impediment. So, so he has Molly try to scare a baby, which almost works, but then doesn't. And the way that, oh my gosh, the way they animate her, like, sneaking up to this baby is so funny because, like, she yeah. goes behind this dude, and then she, like, pretends to be one of the ducks that are walking past, and then she's in a trash can and it falls oh, over. Yeah. It's it's so great. I yeah, love it. It's so funny. like a Lisa Frank calendar. I thought he looked more like a like what I imagine would happen to most of the cast of trolls when trolls. they die. And then she <laughs> tries to sneak up on this kid that um, that unfortunately for yeah. her took judo. Oh boy! I took seven weeks of judo. Come at me! I surrender. Eventually, Scratch goes to the doctor. Well, first we have the the zombie bit where she's like, "I'm a zombie hungry for brains. I'll use those brains to to get my degree in social work so I can better the community." And Scratch yeah, is like, "You can't give every monster a sympathetic backstory, Mall. So I shouldn't do the single mom's fight of trying to feed her four thousand babies. And, uh... No, you can't give a monster a sympathetic backstory. What do you think we're in? I am oh. legend. <laughs> uh, Scratch goes to the doctor and she peeks inside him, and it's all cute and funny. And it turns out it's because That's he's all feeling puppies good. and rainbows and unicorns. And the only way he can get his misery back and be he get his basically get his groove or mojo back is to uh, find his fear. Mo Molly breaks <laughs> out a dinosaur costume and, and tries to scare people, and mm -hmm. it doesn't work because she's adorable. Yes. Although I would totally mark out if <laughs> Molly Dinosaur, if you will, got a cameo from um, the Beyonder. So, you know. <laughs> well, this this show is produced by one of the same people. Also the one kid um, where, where Molly tries to scare the kid yeah. and, and the kid's like, I love you. Nice it's just so it. nice to see Godzilla fans that young, you know? Uh, Molly almost gets hit by a truck. Garbage truck, no less. Garbage day! Huh? No! <laughs> you, 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 I, I was on the exact same wavelength! Oh my god, yes! Garbage day! Garbage day! No! Uh, Please put the actual clip in. Um, <laughs> yes, I will. I will. I have to. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so uh, funny how that movie was like a, cu a, a cut together piece of crap, but it, it gave us that glorious meme. <laughs> and then, back, uh, that's his fear, is losing Molly. Ah! 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 
guess uh, Molly really did get scary without me. Really underestimated her. Molly? Almost loosened you seems to be it. Oh, Scratch. Wait, so what you're saying is, in my own way, I'm scary after all, huh? Uh, yeah, sure. Terrifying. Ah! I got spice! Cue the warm and fuzzies. Aw. And then the mm. next is the next one the comment one? Yes, the last episode we are talking about in this batch is All Night Flight, which is one of my favorites. I love this one. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking as someone who, at time of recording, is about to wrap up a um, is about to wrap up uh, my undergraduate. Um, yeah, the prospect of pulling an all nighter just really doesn't have the same romance that it does as a kid. <laughs> That's so true. Um, so basically, their their science teacher, Miss Lightfoot, is talking about um, the blazing snowball comet that's going to be um, in the Whoa. sky at like five a.m. So she's, like, rushing to get home, but it's like, lady, you've got until 5 a.m. You're not having to sit in, in traffic to get home. You have more than enough time. For once, you can make yeah, like your students and procrastinate a little. Years. Who knows if we'll have a planet in 50 years, lady? <laughs> well, I mean, snow in SoCal, so... And hey, Anyways. You know, we always can hire Dr. Seeker to send us back in time. That's the plot to Terra Nova. I'm pretty sure Agatha Vile has a time machine somewhere in her castle. Yeah. Yeah, so probably. Doesn't Agatha also have the haunted mansion oh, somewhere oh. in her castle, just there? I would kind of interested to find out what kind of what kind of uh, what kind of stuff Agatha Vile mm -hmm. has oh. at her place. Maybe someday. Hmm. She goes home. She wants. She wants to watch the planet of living. Anyways, um. So. So, of course, upon hearing about this, um, Molly and Libby are talking about it on the way home. You know what? I don't see what the big deal is. Comets just fly around in space. I mean, I can do that. Um, are you a cosmic ice ball leading behind a trail of debris so majestic grown men cry? I made a man cry once. I hid his keys for a week, but I kept moving them, so he thought he was losing his mind. Well, I think it's a big deal. This might be our only opportunity to see the comet. Well, what do you mean? Well, who knows what our lives will be like in 50 years? Or where we'll even be? Everything could change. Who knows what'll happen? So we gotta make the most of this moment with an astronomical all-nighter! And she already has a whole plan with, like, snacks and, and themed activities and all that. And Libby's like, well, I, I used to get really weird when I stayed up late, but I should be fine now. Yeah. Narrator, she yeah. was not fine. <laughs> but then they try to watch it, and the clouds get in the way. Yeah, well, so among other things um, going wrong. Well, so you skip you skip the the montage of them setting up the party, yeah. which is really cute. I like that. It's kind of like a a, a pastiche of a sitcom opening.
Yeah, and there's a pinata that instead of candy glitter comes out of it. Yeah. Why wasn't it edible glitter or like yet. fun dip that came out of there or something? Come on, Molly. You're yeah. Come on, Molly. You're slacking. You you got to be more creative. You know that Scratch was. I'm I'm like how how did she not figure Scratch was gonna give her it was gonna give her flack for that the cloud. Mm. Also, Libby throws her book and it lands on top of her turtle. I have to wake up the parents, and the parents have to argue have to argue over who's gonna take them to the country so they can see the comet. How how does Brighton have too much light pollution to see this comet? Yeah, barely anyone lives there. Oh, you'd be surprised. I've lived in a te- in a teeny tiny mountain town out in Virginia, and it it deals a surprising amount of light pollution. You need to get up a little higher. Uh, into the mountains a little and bit to then, get a good view of the stars sometimes. A whole bunch of crazy stuff happens, basically. Most of it has to do with what There is... Yeah, th- yeah there's, Libby there's in this Buffalo. episode was great. Oh my gosh, Libby in this episode was so funny. Because she's constantly falling asleep, but she turns a little loopy when she turns to sleep, so she <laughs> essentially turns into... She te- essentially turns into General Yunnan from Amphibia whenever she gets uh, sleep deprived. I think I think the reference they were obviously going for was Game of Thrones, but yeah, pretty much. She tries to get Libby of Darth, if you will. She thinks they're dragons, and she tries to start an army of buffalo dragons. Which they're really those are buffalo. But you know, her vision is really gone at that point, because I would have thought they were like sleeping minotaur or something. They're really bison, because (laughs) buffalo live in Africa and Asia. Bison live in America. (laughs) If anyone cares. Yeah, details. You know, cartoons don't have logic. Well, they do. It's just a very different logic. Yeah. It's just a random fun fact that I learned when I went to the zoo one time. This has been Zoology. With acclaimed filmmaker Micah Hirsch. <laughs> so basically, everything just keeps going wrong, and it primarily comes back to um, Libby going crazy and also Scratch um, for some reason not having eaten anything all day, and as a result, just complaining that he's starving constantly. Yeah. Mood. So you can't deliver a pizza to the middle of a big open field. Okay, we gotta go pick it up. Oh. No, we can't leave! Can't deliver pizza to an open field? Domino's yeah. lied to me? More shenanigans. And, uh... Come on, Scratch! If we blow together, we can move these clouds! You can't change the weather, Mal. Yes, I can! Why is it so important we see this comet anyway? It's not about the comet, Scratch! It's about the three of us making a forever memory! He was right. People grow up, move away. Who knows where we'll be in 50 years? I thought if I could make tonight a perfect memory, when the comet comes around again, we could look up and remember each other. I didn't realize it was so important. He eats her and Libby. He turns into like a hot air balloon ghost. Yeah. Eh, Still not the scariest uh, hot air balloon we've seen in a Disney Channel show. Right, Amphibia? Don't forget Gravity Falls! Well, Doc, I think you've done it. I think you've cured me of my fear of direct eye contact! Ah! Hun, look behind you! No, Tyler, I will not clown face you. Ah! I eat kids! 
But we're kids! It's heaven's punishment for our terrible taste in everything! What? Scratch! You can't eat Libby! I'm pretty sure she's mostly Crystal! <laughs> Trust me. Oh my gosh, just the moment where they all finally see the comet and it just it's just the score kicks in and just ah oh, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. Mwah, chef's kiss. It's it's, it's, it's amazing. Buffalo duck It really scare. is. <laughs> the buffalo jump scare. Oh corn, we forgot about the buffalo. The ghost and Molly McGee. There's a whole bunch of names on the screen. <laughs> I think those are the credits. I think that think means that we reached the end these? of this batch of episodes. You think anyone watches the credits? Well, sure, they all have families. It's like it's like the weird album. The, the credits, the credits on this are no. Um, no it's, it's no it's Moon Girl like, and Devil Dinosaur. That's no for sure. Gravity Falls. Eh, and a few things are those, which is actually a thing to watch during the credits. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Even even the Emperor's New School had the budget. To actually do like fully animated scenes for the credits, they don't do those anymore for the most part. Yeah, they did in the second season. In the first, they had voiceover reuse. They reused clips from the episode and put voiceover them in the first season. In the second season, they got a higher budget so they could actually animate entirely new content over the credits. And they uh, could afford John Goodman. Story I heard John Goodman returned because yes. his kids wanted him to. Aww, that's cool. So overall, what did we think of this batch of episodes? I I think they were a lot of fun. Great as always. A good batch. Yeah. Delightful. A good fistful of episodes. Yes. Like I'm still kind of coming down off of my one-two punch of Ducktales and Amphibia ending on me, but something nice and episodic like Molly McGee, it's just good to really get my feelers back into Disney TV animation. Just in time for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur to come around. Yes. Oh, which, there. oh my god. If you haven't watched Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur yet, go watch it. It's so good. Please. Awesome. You you just you owe it to yourself. See, but of course Steve Loader, let 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 Steve Loader produce whatever shows he wants to make for Disney Channel, please. Like give more money to this man. Yes. <laughs> I think that's about it. Does anyone have anything yeah. they want to plug? I have a podcast called that came from Disney Plus. Um, it is in vain, similar to the show where I review, review things on Disney Plus. But to be cryptic, not for much longer. Not well. The podcast isn't going anywhere. It's just not going to be about just Disney Plus anymore. I am going mm. to broaden the. Uh, the catalog to all streaming services that I have an account for <laughs> because, because there is a, there is a pile of 
horrible horror movies on Netflix I want to cover on the podcast. Yay! Hey, don't and discount I, Tubi. You ever want to cover Jaws 3D? Selection. Let me know. Yes, oh, I will eventually cover Jaws 3 I am planning on doing a short, and then next season, I am happy to announce, will be entirely Ooh. about terrible shark movies. Ooh. Oh, oh, Jaws 3D, Sharknado 3, oh, I am there. As always, you can find me on Twitter, even though I am currently locked out of my account at the moment. Give me time. I'll be back on there. Uh, as for the live tweets on my Twitter, unfortunately, I have had to postpone the Twilight Eclipse live tweet as um, Twitter is a bit up in the air right now. It will eventually come around because I do get the feeling Twitter will eventually stabilize. So fingers crossed. You can also follow me on TikTok at dgill underscore dg1722, where I post fun new videos and I am about to upload a brand new one uh, at time of this recording. And of course, you can also hear my voice uh, here on the podcast without a cool acronym. Love it here. And a few episodes of the Emperor's New Podcast, if you want to track those down and give my friend Micah Hirsch a little bit more of your time, ears, and money. uh, Aforementioned podcast. Uh, which is all about the Emperor's New Groove franchise. Um, my social media is my, at Mike Hirsch on Twitter, and the podcast is at Podcast T-E-N-P. I also have a documentary about the Emperor's New Groove called Beware the Groove, the Making of a Cult Classic, which by the time you're listening to this will be out now, so go watch it on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. There you'll be able to find a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, which will be returning this year with my upcoming 41 Years of Epcot retrospective, as well as my upcoming Once Upon a Time retrospective. That's right, I'm going through the entire ABC series Once Upon a Time from start to finish. It's going to be a lot of fun. I have no idea how long it'll take, but I'm very excited for it. I've also got episodes of Chandler's Cross Country Adventure Vlogs. The Cedar Point video is still coming out at some point, and after that I'll have other videos about other parks I visited. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm on all the usual places, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, Anchor, and select episodes of this podcast will also be available on YouTube. And if you want to help me out even more, you can also pledge to me on Patreon, patreon.com starport97. Just a dollar a month gets you access to every episode of this podcast one day early, which will usually be Mondays instead of Tuesdays. We also have a PWCA Discord server you can join. Link to that will be on the PWCA Twitter. And be sure to join us next week for some Chibi Tiny Tales theme park adventures. Right here on the podcast without a cool acronym. Freak you out real good So long as you don't hug her first